Welcome to Women in Venture Capital, a podcast by students for students. I'm Rashvina. And I'm Anvita. And we are from the Harvard Business School. Our guest today is Heather Hartnett. Heather is a general partner and CEO of Human Ventures, where she has created one of New York's premier startup studios and early stage startup venture funds. Prior to founding Human, Heather's venture capital career spanned across various roles at firms including Lightspeed Venture Partners, City Light Capital, and Claremont Creek Ventures. She also led the development at David Lynch Foundation, crystallizing her professional experience and operations with the largest family offices and sophisticated investment firms. Heather is active in the community, serving on the leadership board of Tech NYC and Transact Global. She has been listed as one of the 50 most influential women in America by Hearst Digital Media Publications, is a frequent speaker at TechCrunch Disrupt, and is a regular contributor to Forbes, where she covers a range of venture capital topics. Heather received her BA in business management from Maharishi International University. Welcome to the show, Heather. It's an absolute pleasure to have you. Thank you so much for having me. It's a joy to, joy to be here. Great. Kicking it off with our first question, uh, we saw that you graduated from Maharishi International University. This university has a unique approach to education that features a consciousness-based education, including the practice of transcendental meditation technique. There's also a focus that you had on David Lynch Foundation, where you were a director of development. How do you think this emphasis influenced your development as an investor? What benefits from this do you wish to share with the fellow and aspiring investors? Well, uh, you know, thank you for having me on, on this uh, show with some of the most esteemed uh, investors that I've admired for a long time. You know, I think uh, when you start your own investment firm, you know, most people will say that you have uh, a very non-traditional way into venture and you'll hear most people say that. And I think that that's kind of now the traditional way of getting into venture is having a very different background that gives you a set of experiences um, so where I went to school was definitely a unique place, um, Maharshi University of Management. You know, I studied business. It was a traditional uh, business education. I did have an emphasis on entrepreneurship. And that was, you know, it was in the early 2000s, so 2001 to 2005. You know, it wasn't a, it wasn't a normal thing to have it at, a, um, at an undergraduate degree. But I came from a long line of entrepreneurs. My father was an entrepreneur and grandfather. And... Um, and I think that the, the education that I had gave me a unique perspective on, um, on trends, on uh, diversity. I had, we had over 68 um, countries represented at our university. And that just, I don't appreciate, I didn't appreciate how much of an um, influence that had uh, at the time. But then as you start to, to meet folks, you know, and, and have had you know, 20 years in my career now, um, you start to see where those, uh, those differences of, of education comes into play. Thanks, Heather. Um, and like Anvita said, it's really nice to have you on the show today. Um, I just wanted to jump into a little bit of your um, experience, the breadth of your experience here. You spent a lot of time exploring different opportunities within entrepreneurship, from marketing to PE and VC. What were your most valuable lessons um, you learned during this phase of exploration? Sure. Well, I'll start out by saying, you know, Human Ventures is a different type of venture fund. So we actually are an early stage firm that focuses on pre-seed Series A, investing in 
consumer technology and products uh, in, in what we call the human needs economy, you know, largely in the categories of health and wellness, future of work, community, um, and, and we work with founders at the earliest stages to build. And being in venture, I think you have to have a very eclectic background um, to be able to understand how to see the world that the founders are seeing, right? So founders will see the world 10 years out. And, and I always say the early stage managers will, will see maybe five years out and the institutional capital <laughs> might see five years in the past or what's happening right now, what the current markets are valuing. So you always have to have a little bit of a founder mentality in you if you're starting an early stage firm. And if you're able to identify with what the founders are trying to build in. Um, you know, when I started my career, you know, in the early 2000s, um, I, like I said, my father was an entrepreneur and, and he said, well, what company are you gonna start? A heart knits, we start businesses, this is what we do. And I didn't know what I wanted to do. But I did have a family friend who, who said, well, I do this thing called venture capital and you can come and you can watch a bunch of people, you know, founders pitch their ideas to us. And this was the first time for me that um, a lot clicked. It said, oh, okay, I can actually marry my, you know, my proclivity for business, my um, understanding of finance and my uh, kind of my viewpoint of where the world is going um, and marry that, you know, as a job. That's really interesting to know. While at Citylight Capital, your mission statement stressed investing in companies seeking to generate measurable social and environmental impact. As an investor at Human Ventures, what attributes do you look for in the startups you selected that indicated they would hold true for this objective? Yes, as I started uh, investing, you know, um, impact investing wasn't even a topic yet <laughs> in the early in the early days of when I was exposed to venture capital, but as um, you know, as I had some experience in philanthropy, uh, I realized that the next generation of philanthropists was really the entrepreneur. And I, I especially saw this in New York, where founders were starting to build their second or third business in something that they felt that was going to uh, really make a difference in the way that consumers, you know, consumed and the way that the, the world was going to tackle different challenges. So um, when I started uh, looking for the next thing, you know, out of philanthropy, I started looking at firms who incorporated impact investing. And when I met the folks over at City Light Capital, you know, Josh Cohen and, and Matt Cohen, who, who was there, they had, you know, started this thesis back after 9-11 in 2001. And they were really a pioneer in what was becoming impact investing. And, you know, I think that as companies start, they, kind of take a stance as to what the mission is and you really have to have a strong mission and why do you exist in the world and what is the need that's really being filled by the company that's being created and the founders you know in early stages of building a company if you don't have that very clear mission articulated you're not in a position to be able to grow as fast so um, when we started human ventures you know I, I didn't use the impact word because a lot of the categories that we focused on don't, don't have to be labeled as impact but they can be but what i really wanted to do was identify the founders who understood where the world was going and understood how to recruit and um and kind of sell the idea that they needed to be able to to push into the world to make their company a big success totally agree with you and i think in addition to you know impact investing being relatively new new in the professional world it's also an increasingly um, discussed topic at schools i know we have 
a lot of discussions, a lot of faculty that are actually doing more research around it, that are looking into the double bottom line. So um, I do think that in the next coming years, we will see more and more impact investment funds um, coming up. And I'm really glad that you really jumped into it um, early on. So just um, digging a little bit more into human ventures, um, your company basically follows the startup studio model. Can you explain a little bit what that consists of and why that really differentiates human ventures? Yeah, as I'm sure you're both aware now, there are so many venture funds, right? And every day there's more, I think there are 2000 early stage venture funds under hundred million in market right now raising. Um, you know, what is it that really differentiates how you're seeing the world? And with human, we decided that, you know, my partner, Joe Marchese, he's a serial entrepreneur. Um, he will continue to build businesses. Once you're an entrepreneur, it's really hard not to be one, right? And so he has incredible amount of ideas. He has a lot of energy to be able to, to pull resources in. And my job with a startup studio was really to operationalize the way that, that founders build. And can we create a community of founders who are building together that can help one another? And, um, and so a studio really just means that, you know, we bring entrepreneurs and residents, we help them ideate on ideas. We have a business design process we, we follow, but really it's just building with other people who are, are colliding with the market and, and putting their idea out into the world. And then that network effect actually is the moat. That network effect is, you know, what allows a, a company to go faster. So our fund, you know, has a differentiator by having a true venture studio where we're building companies alongside founders. We have an incubator, which is kind of a pre-seed version of Y Combinator, right? We don't take equity, but we do uh, have a hundred day sprint process with founders who are really early. And we have the right to invest in those companies as they come out of an incubator. And then we have our fund. And I really think that those three pillars uh, can can add the most value at the most critical stages of building your company, which is zero to one. <laughs> you have to get it off the ground and you have to understand that there's actually a need for the product or service that you're creating. That that makes a lot of sense. And Venture Studios are, is definitely a new concept, but the way you put it, that it is actually more like helping, found, helping founders help each other, creating that platform and ecosystem to just have collaborations done in a structured and meaningful way. I think that 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 qualifies for a great differentiator. So um, sounds really exciting. And I'll, I'll just say one thing too. There actually, there's, there's kind of two ways of the studio right now. You know, some studios act a little bit more like a private equity model where they put more capital into a business and they bake it out a little bit further and then they hire in a management team and and, or, you know, there's, there's products and services that, that uh, are surrounding founders at the earliest stages and helping them um, build. We kind of fall under the latter, latter category. We want to have just what you said, the community that helps founders build and the resources to be able to, to do that faster and the playbooks that can help them cut the line a little bit um, versus trying to create the full company ourselves and then hire in a founder, so to speak. Got it. That that makes sense. And in early stages, that collaboration among the community of founders really adds value when you're building that zero to one, like you put it. So makes total sense. Changing gears a little bit, Heather, there, uh, wanted to touch upon gender dynamics. How have you observed gender dynamics to be within the VC ecosystem? Have you noticed any progress? And what do you believe remains still to be done? 
Yeah, look, I think I think that the majority of investors have been men for a long time. And I think a lot of the value that's being created in businesses right now are products and services that are geared towards a different population, different, different types of, of consumers. And so uh, when you when you have different founders who are building for those products, um, then you need uh, you need a different lens of investor who's looking and understanding how those founders are building and developing new pattern recognition. So I think we're just the tip of the iceberg right now of seeing, uh, you know, gender dynamics coming into the into the founder ecosystem. Um, and the more investors we have that understand the problems that are being solved for, the the better the the capitalization structure will be able to be more efficient. Completely agree. And it's, it's definitely a recurring theme that we've had in the first um, series of our podcast um, that's been mentioned a lot as we're seeing it's, it's actually a pretty last year was a pretty good year for venture funding um, and the years before that as well. So we're seeing growth in general venture funding as it is, but the percentage of dollars um checks that are going to um female founders or even having diverse teams so like even just one female founder um is still very low so it's it's kind of a game of not only making sure people are aware of this problem but also increasing the number in parallel to the increase in venture funding overall um thank you so much heather for all your insights i want to jump into a really fun segment before we close um this session and it's just a couple of really fun short questions um that i hope you will answer very honestly um so if you're ready we'll just get started i'll start easy um a day at the beach or a day in the mountains day in the mountains any particular reason are you a big hiker uh, I do like hiking, but I, I think I, I grew up in the Midwest and I love nature. And so I, I do um, I appreciate the beach, but the, the air, the trees, the, the air, you know, the mountains are definitely something that I feel more at home in. Nice. Um, any recent books that you've read that really inspired you? I, uh, you know, I, um, I kind of go back to one of the, the, my favorite books is Principles by Ray Dalio. I think that the more you read it, the um, the the more you can take out of it. It's anything knowledge is structured in consciousness, so you can read something one time and then you, you revisit it. And if you're in a different mind mind frame, you know you get something else out of it. I think it's a book that can continue to do that and always gets me thinking about what my my principles are that I live by. Yeah, we we had a case on Bridgewater in our first year, so uh, we did cover that quite a bit. Um, and last question, who has been like personally or professionally a, a role model for you? Wow, well, I mean, an obvious one is my father. He was a, he's been an entrepreneur my entire life and has always taught me to think outside the box and is always 10 steps ahead of everyone. Uh, and that, you know, success is not um, something that can be measured on a balance sheet, but it's definitely how, how much, how you live your life. And it's the journey, not the, the end that is, that is valuable. So he's absolutely my personal mentor and hero. Um, professionally as well, you know, I look up to, I look up to founders who are really authentically themselves. And you can really see that when their, uh, their personality shines through and you know that that's the reason why they've had success. And so one that comes to mind who might be 
kind of one that people don't really think about as much, but is Sarah Blakely. She was the founder of Spanx. But I watch her every single day on Instagram and I see her personality come through and she's just a natural inspiration for people. She's never been anything different than herself through the entire journey that we've seen her create, you know, a multi-billion dollar company uh, with her, her husband and her kids. And I just, it's somebody who really sticks out to me. And she's been, um, she's been somebody who has been an inspiration to say, you know, when you're building something, don't try to be something for everybody else. Try to be who you are and understand why that value is being created in the world. So I'll also Sarah. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, all right. We'll wrap up this session for today. Thank you so much for being on the show. I'm sure our listeners will really appreciate all your insights today. Thank you for having me. I appreciate what you, what you built here. <laughs>